Welcome to season two of the Age Sister podcast. This season, we're talking all about women at work. So let's get started with today's expert. So welcome, Teresa. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Pleasure to be here. So I'm really interested to talk to you today, but I want to start out by asking you about your background and how you came to doing the work that you're doing right now. So I am a pharmacist by uh, training. I've been working in pharmacy and drug information in the Toronto area since 1994. And when I was in my late 30s, so 10, 12 years ago, I was asked by my son if I was bipolar because apparently my mood swings were very extreme. And the family that meant him, his brother and his father, were walking on eggshells around me because I never knew when my moods would be up and down. And since I was the uh, health professional of the uh, of the house, why wouldn't I investig- investigate what was causing all these mood swings? Because if I wasn't bipolar, then what? So I knew I wasn't bipolar and I went online and discovered that I was going through the natural hormonal changes of midlife so i was in perimenopause and i figure i want to know more about this because i'm curious and i want to know uh, about these things and i'm so interested in women's health so i decided to uh, learn more about it and i learned a lot from the north american menopause society and then i also found out that they have a certification so Uh, because I was in perimenopause and my concentration and memory were a bit uh, iffy. I put a year, uh, I put aside one whole year to study. I had to fly to uh, Texas to write my exam and I passed the exam and then I decided that since now I had the credentials to show uh, what I had, what I know. I would help women in the pharmacy, but it wasn't a good environment for talking about such private issues because there's no privacy in most pharmacies. And so I decided to build my own business. Menopause Ed became an online business in 2014, and the rest is history. I've been helping women navigate the change and continue living a vibrant and productive life. Wow. Wow, and it's such a big issue, and yet it's one of those things that we barely talk about. Um, Maybe you can just help us understand what are some of the common myths around menopause, or what do you see most often that sort of gets in the way of us talking about it? So there's a lot of embarrassment talking about menopause. It's I guess it comes from talking about women's health in general. We don't talk about periods, we don't talk about menopause. I think there's a myth that a menopause means a woman is old, which I think it's one of the most common myths. Uh, and the truth is, um, women may start feeling hormonal changes in their late 30s or early 40s, and that is anything but old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people think, oh, this is, you worry about that when you get to 60. No, you don't. You worry about it when you're right in the middle of your uh, most busy time in life, usually when you are. Uh, Uh, working and raising kids and some of us have uh, elder parents to look after as well so that's one of the big myths is that menopause is um, thought of as uh, an old lady's disease it's not a disease at all and it can affect women in their uh, 30s and 40s 
The other myth is that um, menopause is only hot flashes. Mm. Pretty much everyone associates menopause with hot flashes because we all get exposed to these pictures of women fanning themselves uh, and there's a big lack of pictures depicting women in midlife 50s and so on doing uh, being themselves which is being a, a wholesome woman doing all kinds of work and hobbies and sports and all that so we always when I'm looking for a picture for some social media I find a woman fanning herself and that's the default However, it's not only hot flashes, even though that's the most common symptom of menopause and affects 80% of women. Um, there's other things that also can uh, be experienced because of the uh, hormonal changes. There's estrogen acts in all cells and tissues and organs in the body. So when estrogen goes, um, it's a transition and sometimes transitions are difficult. We have to get used to the change. and. It could affect your memory, your concentration, it could affect your sleep, uh, it may cause aches and pains, lots of women experience fatigue, and many of us experience mood swings, irritability, anger, rumination, sadness, tearfulness. All of these things can be part of the change, but most of them are not associated by most people with this hormonal change. Mm-hmm. And so, what I hear you say is that there's a whole collection of what we would, you know, typically call symptoms, but, mm-hmm. you know, as menopause isn't an illness, but um, thinking about separating those, you know, again, just calling them symptoms off, what are some of the big health issues for women around menopause? Because I know that there's changes in terms of our health. Yes. So menopause, uh, when, when the Menopause is just the end of ovarian function. So your ovaries stop ovulating, you stop menstruating, that's it. There's nothing special and weird about it. It's the opposite of puberty. In puberty, you start ovulating and you start um, uh, secreting the hormones, the sexual hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And in, in menopause, it's the opposite. You stop producing all that. And... The fact is that estrogen is very protective against many diseases. So women have a, a lower risk of heart attack and heart disease than men do, but that's only up to menopause. Once we don't have that estrogen anymore to protect us, our risk goes up and then will be as high as men, as men's risk is. Also estrogen is healthy for the bones. The bones are constantly remodeling. So we are creating bone and losing bone and there's a balance that usually is reached uh, in our 30s. And after that, we lose more bone than we can make. But that speed at which we lose bone increases by 25% or something like that around the first five years after menopause. So we lose a lot more bone than we can make in those years following the last menstrual period. So that puts women at a higher risk of developing osteoporosis and then having a fracture. Uh, There's some research being done by a neuroscientist, uh, Dr. Lisa Mosconi, who's trying to understand why is it that so many more women suffer from dementia than men. And it's not only because we live longer. It seems to be, and this is in the this research is in its infancy, so I'm hoping to live long enough to understand all this. 
it seems to be that because there are estrogen receptors in the brain, when women go through this hormonal change and estrogen goes or fluctuates, goes up and down and then leaves, it affects the neurological uh, way the brain works. So it's there's a lot more to the brain than we think. And estrogen could have a great effect on the way women's brains work before and after menopause. And because of that estrogen, they're trying to associate that with amyloid and other things related to dementia to see how does the estrogen affect the probability of developing dementia. So I find that fascinating. And as I said, I hope I live to know the results of that research that is just starting. Wow. Amazing. That is amazing research. Um, when you think about some of these health issues, I, of course, go back to lifestyle and I wonder, um, are there things that they've found that are helpful in terms of lifestyle changes for women going through menopause to both deal with what we would call those symptoms and then also some of the health issues that might be associated with menopause? Of course, a good lifestyle is always a good assurance, or at least uh, it's good um, Good insurance and good habits will improve your health, will boost your immune system. So all those basics are good for every single, uh, uh, every single thing that we go through life, medical conditions or just staying, uh, being proactive and staying healthy and decreasing our uh, risk for disease. So women with uh, with hot flashes and night sweats seem to uh, have less uh, hot flashes and night sweats if they have a cleaner lifestyle. So if they eat uh, cleaner food, meaning less um, processed food, less sugar, uh, more uh, Mediterranean-style-like uh, diet, rich in uh, uh, in uh, vegetables and good in healthy fats with the low uh, intake of red meat, more intake of fish, lots of nuts, olive oil, olives, all those things seem to be good. Uh, there's also a myth that everyone puts weight around menopause and that's not true, but most women change shape because fat composition and fat storage change when, when estrogen uh, goes away. So women tend to accumulate more fat around the middle. And that in its own could be a risk for cardiovascular disease and diabetes and certain cancers. If you're, the circumference of our belly is wider than our hips and we have the apple shape, that's a risk factor for cardiovascular disease, for diabetes and for some cancers. Another fact is that alcohol is the worst enemy of menopause in many, especially because it affects our sleep. I tell all my clients, all the women I work with and talk to, if you want to have a good night's sleep, you can't not drink alcohol. Um, oh, that's a, I know, I'm a party pooper, what can I say? But try it for yourself. Go for a week without alcohol and see how deep, how much deeper your sleep is more restorative, more restful, you wake up feeling um, rested. If you drink alcohol at night, at supper, whatever, that alcohol is going to influence your, your deep sleep. It's not going to be as deep. 
Therefore, in the morning, you're not as rested. That's why it's called a hangover, because you're not going to sleep properly. Mm. Also, water intake, and Lisa Mosconi, Dr. Lisa Mosconi recommends this for brain health because our brain is made of so much water. We should drink two liters of water for brain health every day. And that's hard. So I, I have tricks and tips to, uh, I fill up a two liter bottle and I know that every, every hour or so I get out of my desk, drink a, a glass of water, fill it up, take it to my desk. When it's empty, I get up until I see the whole uh, jar empty again. So we need to, lifestyle is, a healthy lifestyle is work. It's a lot easier to do the wrong, to not do the right things than it is to engage in a healthy lifestyle. We can only do as much as we can, but if we get systems and tricks, they go a long way to help us eat better, sleep better. Don't prior prioritize your um, your social media feed and your Netflix. Go to bed earlier, sleep longer, right? Instead of drinking uh, coffee all day long, especially because it is diuretic, drink water. If you don't like the taste of water, put some lemon drops on it, whatever. There's so many things that we can use. Put a time on your phone. Get up every 90 minutes and move. And you know movement is a big, big one. So studies have shown that women with obesity suffer more from hot flashes. And those women, if they lose 5 to 10 pounds, they reduce the amount of hot flashes. If you engage in a healthy lifestyle and you can lose weight, you may also feel better with less hot flashes. So it's it's all good. Wow. I'm sure, and of course, there's positive attitude and being mindful and stop worrying about it. And this is where one of, I believe that women will go through menopause easier if they have awareness, education and support. But because of all the secrecy we talked about, there's no intergenerational sharing. Women are caught by surprise with all these challenges, these changes, and then they think the worst. They think they have breast cancer if they have breast pain, which is very common. Some women in perimenopause may start having much heavier periods. They think there's something wrong with them. So positivity and being aware of your body and being aware of I'm tired today. I should not push myself so hard. Give my body a break. I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to give myself some tender loving care because I'm not 20 or 30 anymore. So I'm different. And we change every, we're changing all the time. This is just a more sudden, fast change. And with this, there's age as well. Men change as well. We lose muscle mass with age. So we need to put up that muscle and that will help keep our bones stronger and that will help us prevent osteoporosis and fractures. So it's the nutrition, the sleep, the movement, what we drink and don't drink, how our brain, um, how we see the world, how we see our change going through menopause. If you fight it instead of going with the flow, it's going to be harder. Just accept it. It's still you. It's just going to be a different you. And it could mm. be a better you. This is part of the middle. There's nothing new about menopause. Women have been having menopause as long as they live long enough for it. And in North America now, average age is 51. But before our lifespan was shorter, menopause was towards the end of a woman's life. But now it's in the middle or two thirds in. 
and there's so much else going on in our lives so it just piles up and many women quit their jobs because they don't have support and they have uh, challenges that keep them from keeping up with all the things they need to do in life uh, and it's a shame that there's no more talk because more awareness education and support would help a lot of us better mm. that's such good advice and i just think about all those lifestyle things that you mentioned and you know thinking about all of the different types of um, chronic illnesses and some of the issues that people in general face as they get older you know good nutrition, more movement, more hydration, they're all so important. You know that um, our business is really supporting organizations and um, sometimes municipalities, sometimes government organizations, nonprofits. Why should these groups care about menopause? Um, everybody should care about menopause. It affects 50% of the population directly and the other 50% indirectly. We all have a woman in our life, our mother or a sister or an aunt, someone, a co-worker, a friend, a spouse. Everyone, men and women included, know a woman at least in their life. That woman is gonna go through menopause. And if that woman, like in my household, is going to have mood swings or going to be irritable sleep sleep badly and be um, irritable and grumpy and all that, everyone in that household is going to find out. Everyone that you work with is going to be influenced by the way you uh, act throughout the day. We, we know that lack of sleep turns us all into little monsters or big monsters, depending how bad we are. So for so many women doing this transition because of the uh, lack of estrogen or the fluctuation sleep is a big problem they cannot fall asleep or they fall asleep and then wake up and then they cannot go back to sleep after three four o'clock in the morning so this is going to influence the woman and those around her so everyone around a woman in menopause are going to be part of whatever she's going through more or less that's why uh, we should talk about it our sisters have dealt with pregnancy before. Women, did, we did not have maternity leave. We did not have accommodations done at work for us, like reasonable accommodations. Sometimes women cannot sit, stand for so long in whatever job. They have a chair to sit down. They may take leave early. They may work less hours. Their job is waiting for them when they come back from maternity leave. That is a normal thing now. Nobody even disputes that. And we have to remember that someone, a lot of people had to fight for that in years past. We are addressing mental health now. It's, it's less stigma than it used to be. It's fine. You can function, have a normal life, whatever normal is, if you suffer from a mental health issue. As long as you have support and someone is helping you uh, cope with it and, and have, um, uh, have support. Menopause is just another phase of life. Pregnancy lasts nine months. Menopause can last three to five years. And it's not an incapacitated thing. It's not going to make women uh, less able to do their work. But some women feel like because they are used to working in a certain way 
and now they feel like things are changing. They may have to concentrate more, make more lists, take longer to do a task, but in the end they do the same job, they do the same uh, things they used to, it's just that they have to adapt to doing them in a new way. But some of them are burning out because they have no support. So um, it's important that organizations, companies that, uh, that employ women think of menopause as a, a phase in a woman's life that could be, and not every woman is an issue. 20% of us go right through menopause without any problem. The only thing that happens, period, stop, that's it. 20% have extreme uh, challenges that force many to quit. It's the glass ceiling. Menopause is a glass ceiling no one is talking about. And then the 60% in the middle have somewhere in between uh, mild to moderate uh, symptoms. But it would be nice if we had someone to talk to at work to say, listen, this week I really had a hard time sleeping. I am not that fresh. I need some accommodation. And we're not asking for companies to invest tons of money on this. It's like saying, especially now that we're working from home, I say to you, okay, I'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning and I cannot go back to work, to sleep. Why can't I, could I work from six to 12 and then take a longer lunch, like a siesta type of lunch. I'm gonna eat my lunch and I'm gonna take a nap and then I'll finish whatever work I need after that. Why not? Mm -hmm. Or some women prefer to sleep in because they need more hours of rest in order to feel rejuvenated. So I don't wanna start work at eight o'clock. I wanna start at 10 and I'll finish later. So this, I don't wanna be on a public meeting in person or on Zoom with my camera on because I'm self-conscious about the way I look when I have a hot flash. I get hot, I start sweating. That makes me feel nervous. I'm not gonna be, not gonna be as comfortable delivering whatever I have to deliver. I may even give the impression that I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not nervous about what I'm delivering or saying. I will feel bad if I am not showing my, my face and my video. There's so many little things that can be, but this only, it only comes to light if we raise awareness and educate people. So again, it's, it's a, a, a bump on the road for some women, not all. So it's not a one size fits all. We don't want a policy. Every woman from now on is gonna have to do this between 50 and 60. No, it's all individualized support and care and treatment, whatever it is, each woman has her own menopause. But it would be very nice for many women and companies that could win from this. Because if you lose a worker at 52, that is 20 years of uh, in-house practice, wisdom, learning, you're gonna lose a lot of things. You cannot recover, you cannot replace this woman with somebody else. Mm. because nobody else is going to have this experience. It's expensive, and you'll never get another one like her. And this woman has just lost a job or a career or income. If there's support, awareness, and, and education, and the HR, the, the culture, the women know, I am safe going up to my HR and saying, I am going through ABC related to hormonal changes, and I would like it to help me with X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, just the the productivity 
loss and also just the hard costs of losing employees that leave the work workforce early. I just think about all these years that you've been working with women and serving them through this time in their life. If you had a magic wand and you could make a change to how menopause is viewed or handled, what would that be? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Because if we talk about something, it becomes a real thing. If we talk about things, they become normal. We need to normalize menopause. We need to normalize it so women don't think that it is a shame, an embarrassment to talk about it, that they don't keep from asking what they need when they go through this stage of life. We need to normalize menopause. It's like I said, we, it's the last health taboo in the workplace. Let's do to menopause what we did with pregnancy and mental health. Mm. That's so great. That's exactly what needs to happen. Um, so if people wanted to find out more about your work or how to work with you, where would they go? So you can go to my uh, website, Menopause Ed. It's Menopause Education. That's my hashtag, menopauseed.org. I do one-on-one -on -one consultations with women. I do packages, programs, four weeks, 12 weeks. I do uh, lots of events because, again, I think education is the way to go and change things. So I have uh, lots of uh, webinars all the time with myself speaking about menopause and with other uh, with guest speakers that I, I believe are important for women's health. And I also do corporate health and wellness. So I do my keynote is uh, menopause, a glass ceiling no one is talking about. And I also have specific um, talks and seminars on disease prevention, on what supplements and vitamins a woman should take at this time of life in order to um, to ensure that the health is optimized and we prevent disease. Talk about the most um, the most uh, taboo of all thing, which is uh, vaginal and sexual health. Talk about treatments for hot flashes. There's so much uh, fear of hormone therapy, and so much of it is wrong because it's again lack of education and there's so much misinformation on internet that women get scared of a hormone therapy and they don't take it and it's safe for the majority of women is just that they never get educated about that so I have lots of talks <laughs> so great well we'll make sure that um, all of your information is in the show notes and thank you so much for joining me today this was so informative Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Age Sister podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the episode on your favorite podcast app. We'll also be posting the show notes and any other important information at www.cardeahealthconsulting.com.